is a hose head. Production! Jeffrey Dahmer soaked in blood. The Unabomber blowing up. Waco, Texas, and Heaven's Gates. Alien modified men from apes. Hitler faked his death and then escaped. Bigfoot and the Mothman. Son of Sam talking to dogs again. Witches, ghosts, and goblins. Mysterious noise and hot dings. Dark guards and the skull and bones. Most celebrities are probably cloned. So when you're feeling all alone, grab a beer and get stoned. I welcome you to the podcast, Strange Brew. We're here to entertain you. Hey, Hoseheads. You might notice that the quality of the audio on this one is not up to par as our usual episodes are, but we still hope you enjoy the show. You're in for a real treat with this episode, so make sure to tune in and stay strange. Wow. <laughs> no. I don't know why, but man, I was like... Your stupid little flip is going to get this fucking episode pulled everywhere. <laughs> that's but that's stupid. not what's going to get it pulled. The fucking SS logos everywhere are what's going to get it pulled. Well, it's, it's not this fucking swastika, though. It's <laughs> close enough. But we're talking about evil Nazis. We are talking about evil. We're not saying that they're good people, like some crazy fucking conspiracy theorists out there. Welcome to the show. Um, I was going to say, I was like, why do I enjoy that song so much? I can see why they went and massacred fucking millions of people after playing some of the music that they liked. Obviously, that's not what they listened to back then. This has been a very short episode, ladies and gentlemen. We appreciate you for tuning in. Uh, This will be the last episode of Strange Brew that ever gets made. It's kind of close. Uh, But, like, you know, obviously you can't – there is German music that is good. You can't hate just everyone in Germany because of this shit. But welcome to the show. I I still blame David Hasselhoff for the Holocaust. I've never heard that theory. Uh, They knew that David Hasselhoff would exist in the future, so we had to punish Germany by creating World War I. Ah, how about Arnold Schwarzenegger, that Austrian bitch? All right, so welcome to the show. I'm Tomcat, a.k.a. Tom Thompson. Welcome to another episode of your favorite podcast, or at least I hope it is. Um, and who's my illustrious host? My There's host. a reverend kaiju and some motherfucking horse. How is everyone doing today? Now, this is not the first, and it will not be the last time that we talk about Nazis whatsoever. We just it's, like showcasing my accent on these episodes, so. It's, it's going it to be you. crazy. So um, I got some whiskey, rye, the same rye I had on uh, what the no. Jersey Devil episode. And I got my kombucha. I am ready. I got even a bong just in case. And um, like I said, uh, you know, I, the, the whole thing around the Nazis is pretty interesting and crazy. Like it's, it's fucked up. Like there's a lot of, obviously. And this will eventually lead into our Nazi experiment episode when we might dive into some of these people a little more deeply. 
but you know, I thought this was pretty interesting. We're, ta- we're going to talk about a, a bunch of different fucking evil Nazis. We're not going to talk about fucking all of them because there's so many of them. We're going to talk about the main um, players and not even all the main, main players. It's the people that are the cruelest, most evilest Nazis of all. And um, it's, it's a lot of the SS people. And we're definitely going to be getting into um, other stuff like Unit 731. And um, um, Billy, know. we'll have to do it all together because Billy wants to do that. And I was like, I already have it written out, man. He's like, I want to do it. And I'm like, well, you can read from my laptop then, bro. Like, it's just like, I already have it written out, all this really good info. I've been planning it for a while. And he's like, that's what I want to get into. And it's probably because cool. Billy just jerks off watching fucking, what's that movie? Uh, Something Under the Sun or whatever. Under the that's based on <laughs> Unit Seven. Oh my God! Of course he does. <laughs> the Third Reich, which spanned from nineteen ninety or nineteen thirty-three to nineteen forty-five, was arguably the most heinous regime in history, comprised of some equally malevolent characters. This administration was responsible for the initiation of the biggest and the most costly war mankind has ever known. Uh, perpetrated one of the world's biggest acts of genocide uh, and now referenced to as the Holocaust. Well, I'm talking about the indigenous people. It's, I don't know. It's pretty close, but maybe not as close. Yeah. But it's close. It's not. Uh, The problem is that like the indigenous folks, it wasn't a systematic assembly line, you know, mass production style genocide. It was a traditional genocide. All the Nazis at the concentration camp getting so they're getting drunk all the time. It's getting so tired of shooting everyone in the head and it's mentally weighing on them. And they're like, you know what? Just put him in a shower. You know what? Instead of shower, we use gas. How genius would that be? I don't think it mentally weighed on any of them. I think most of them enjoyed every fucking minute of it. And that's why they're some of the biggest monsters in history. Uh, some of the SS, I believe that, right? It's nothing but a bunch of crazy psychopathic people. We're not talking about the German enlisted yeah. people. We're not talking about the military. Because the military, the German enlisted military had little to nothing to do with the Holocaust. Well, they were all yeah, engaged just, in warfare. It yeah. was the officers that ran the concentration camps. And you did have you did have German soldiers that worked there, but... Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying, is the people that maybe didn't want to go to the Eastern line, which I was the threat all the time, is like, you're going to go fight the the Russians, and, you know, you think it's bad here, and what we're doing to the Jewish people and all the people, not just Jewish people, a bunch of different uh, people here, um, if you don't like it, and you think this is bad, we're going to send you to the Eastern line, and that is, there was obviously a component of that where there was... Some people that did have a conscience, but a uh, majority of these people that ran these camps and did the, the horrible things that we're going to get into were sociopaths and psychopaths and all traits. They don't have empathy towards their fellow human. But like, obviously there was, I believe, like a lot of them were psychopaths and stuff like that. But there was, I believe there was people with some empathy in their heart that were like, man, like I signed up for the wrong thing, but at least I'm not fucking getting shot in the face. Um so, and the crazy thing is like, and we'll get into it when we get into our like Nazi experiment episode and shit like that is like the fact that like Auschwitz had like, and so did we'll get into uh what's a like Buchanan or whatever. Um, they had fucking like a movie theater and they, it was like the, the size of some of these camps were fucking crazy. Yeah. They had movie theaters. None of these were for the prisoners, mind you. These were all for the enlisted people good, and the officers be, who, um, were the ones that had to live in the camps. Yeah, so. and they did say that if, like, your family sent you money, which I'm sure that the Nazis would take, 
that if you could put it towards like, Oh, you can go see a movie or fucking go play basketball with a fleshy dead man's head. I don't know. Fucking, but so, um, Obviously, in the perpetrators in the world's biggest genocide, obviously, we're talking about the Holocaust. This episode could have been longer, but we settled on these crazy, homicidal, lunatic Nazis. Yes, indeed, we did. All right. Do you want to get into uh, fucking Goering? Hermann Goering. Yeah, let's let's get right into it. So Hermann Goering, a World War II veteran, the Reichsmarschall, was the head of the Luftwaffe, and the founder of the Gestapo. After the fall of France, he stole millions of pounds worth of art from the Jews and amassed a personal fortune. Goren took part in the Beer Hall Push of 1923 and was wounded in the groin. Subsequently taking <laughs> morphine for pain relief, he became addicted to the drug for the rest of his life. In 1941, the marshal ordered the bombing of the civilian population of Britain, also known as the Blitz. That's yep. why the way the Blitzkrieg could end when you had lights out in London and everything along those lines. I thought that was just a Ramon song. The British Street Bop. Blitzkrieg, yes. He <laughs> uh, was involved in planning the Holocaust. Goreng was the highest ranking defendant during the Nuremberg trials, and he was sentenced to hang. Uh, the night before his execution, however, he did commit suicide uh, by cyanide ingestion because Who many gave of these, him that cyanide. Well, it was standard for like high-ranking SS people and SS officers in general to carry cyanide capsules with them in the event of capture. Oh um, yeah, that's true. He had to stuff up his butthole. They usually kept him there, and they're like they're like the size of my vape. They were pretty big, and you had to swallow that pill down. No, it wasn't. I'm just joking. Oh, I thought you were actually I was like, <laughs> no, you fucking imbecile. It was usually held in like a hollowed out tooth and it was a little capsule that was, you know. This is a shot from the Nuremberg trials. We're going to be showing pictures for all the audio listeners. Uh, so mm-hmm. me and Anton comment on them. So you can go look up all these guys yourself. Uh, Herman Goring, uh, he looks like somebody's dad at a barbecue. He kind of looks like um, Colonel Clink from Hogan's Heroes, but you just put a monocle on him. <laughs> And this, uh, he's smiling in this picture. All right. And after every single Nazi, evil Nazi we're getting into, we'll be getting into most of them have a quote. Some of them don't actually have quotables. uh, I found out. So uh, let's get into it. Quote and quotables. Naturally, the common people don't want war, but after all, it is the leaders of a country who determines the policy, and it is always a simple matter to drag people along, whether it is a democracy, or fascist dictatorship, or parliament, or communist dictatorship. Voice or no voice, the people can always be brought into the bidding of the leaders. This is easy. All you have to do is to tell them that they are being attacked, and denounce the pacifists for lack of patriotism, and exposing the country to danger. It works the same in every country. Doesn't that sound familiar, everybody? Well, it, it, that's the thing, is that he, like, a lot of the Nazi ideas are still being used today by, even even people that are quote-unquote benevolent, uh, a, a lot of people have taken inspiration from fascist society to, you know... No, 100%, and like I always say to people, obviously, like, that at the time error, Hitler perfected propaganda and, and conditioning people well, and Goebbels. brainwashing people. Goebbels was one of the people that that that, uh, that instituted that. But also, like Hitler loved that idea where it's just like you know movies can be used to brainwash people, and you can show them images, especially at the time when cinema was just becoming a thing. Like it was, you know, we didn't have TV shows; they had movies. You know, they what's that? Um, movie that they constantly played uh, the tr- uh the triumph, triumph of the will <laughs> the will yeah triumph and- of the will uh and that's what's crazy is that there were many and uh, they talked about this on joe bob not that long ago uh when they showed the nosferatu 
uh, films, but there were many German filmmakers who like fled Germany when the Nazis rose to power. And there were, you know, one or two of them who stayed uh, and uh, what was it? Lein Rafstalt was the director of Triumph of the Will. And he was one of the ones that stayed. And uh, German cinema was was just a massive thing back then. You had like huge. Cabinet of Dr. Caligari, you had Nosferatu, you had a lot of the, like, they were the forerunners of a lot of yeah. modern cinema stuff. And um, all of the German filmmakers who fled Germany disowned the, the German filmmakers who stayed, basically. Because Obviously. if you stayed, you were making propaganda. There was no way around that. Do you know if uh, the guy that played Nosferatu was end up being a Nazi? I don't know. Max Schreck, I believe, uh, either died prior or fled Germany. Because Schreck isn't, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if he was Jewish or not. But Oh, no wonder um, Anton LaVey's daughter's husband was kind of a neo-Nazi. No, um, <laughs> no, 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 no. He no. was uh, racist as fuck. Was he? Anton, yeah, Anton LaVey's daughter, um, her husband, where she took the name Shrek from, was like a super fucking huge racist. That's weird because um, the whole thing with uh, with with LaVey is that he was very anti-neo-Nazi because he believed yes. that um, most early magicians and wizards were Jewish, like during the Arthurian and um, uh, the, like like the, the time of the kings in the Middle Ages. Well, this is after like Zena left, right? She Zena Shrek, uh, Anton Lavey's daughter left, right? And then right. she was with that that dick of a husband. Um. So what is this? Eisel Koch. Yeah, Shrek died uh, in 1936 from a heart attack. Oh shit! So yeah, he didn't yes. have to. He didn't so he did. It. He wasn't even around for it. Shit. Eisel yep. Koch. 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 <laughs> it was a Koch. Known as the bitch of Buchenwald. This bitch Buchenwald. is crazy. Because of her sadistic and cruelty towards prisoners, Eisel Koch was married to another wicked Nazi SS, Karl Otto Koch, and um, outshone, uh, outshone him. Outshone him? Um, mm-hmm. she, shine, she shined like a, like a diamond in, in the rough in <laughs> Nazism. <laughs> and uh, she was uh, depraved. She was inhuman. She was obviously disregarded any life, uh, which was her trademark. She didn't give a shit who you were. And um, yeah, it explains a lot. She, she kind of looks, she looks frumpy. I don't know. She looks like one of those, um, you know, those Russian doll things that they fucking stack on each other. Yes. A Russian nesting doll. Yeah. She is a, she kind of looks like that, that, you know, when you have a friend and his mom is just a total cunt and doesn't let you do anything. And that's kind of what she looks like. She's like, you boys better be back in by eight o'clock. It's like my buddy's mom. She was this big fat witch of a woman, woman. And she, uh, we were, we all are like, there's like nine of us there at his birthday party. And this guy's dad claimed to have been a neo-Nazi. This guy, like he was super into the, and this kid was in the punk, like Nazi show. We're like 12. And I'm like, why man? The, the neo-Nazi bullshit in punk music is stupid. Fuck I, Nazi punks. It's so fucking dumb. Yeah, and fuck Nazi punks. I was it's, actually going like, to play it's that like, song. It's like Jello Biafra said, yes. Nazi punks fuck off. I was going to play that song by the Dead Kennedys during this, actually, which is funny. You should. I did. You should. And, and so, you know, and his mom, we, she's like, we're like fucking 13, 12. And she's like, bedtime is nine o'clock. I'm like, nine o'clock? 
It was like, and she was like, kept checking on us and everything. And um, that night, we all took permanent marker and drew on each other's faces because we got so bored. And my buddy did a massive Hitler mustache and then a big unibrow, and I almost died laughing. And I, I had, the, I had the footage somewhere. Wow. So she was crazy, and she used her sexual uh, prowess by wandering around the camps naked. At least that's what I have. But I just heard that she would walk around in very sexy outfits, tight outfits, daring anyone to look at her and the thing is in which is crazy she walked around with this little this stick like a whipping stick like you know like when you're whipping horses like think about it people when you have that little whip to whip horse. a riding crop yeah yeah she would have one of those and she would whip dudes in the fucking cock like legit she would so is the cook was the inspiration for the uh snm ss woman basically yeah and yeah she would wear these scantily yeah, she probably um, dressed like a nazi dominatrix that's she she did and she yeah. definitely was that um and i know some people out there are into that but that's that's all you it's all you okay and uh but she would walk around she would i guess she would even have sex with the fucking prisoners which i heard um most likely probably if they're hung she's like oh you got the nice cock on you and uh and the thing is she would tell them to like pull down their pants and then like whip them in the dick and if she saw them like like if they, they caught a, you know, they're gleaming at her and being like, they got nothing else to do. They're being tortured most times, or they're just in, in work camps, which are horrible. And she would literally like, if wear these sexy outfits and they looked at her, she would like almost get, I, I'm sure she got turned on by it in some way. She, I believe she was a, probably a sadist in mm-hmm. some form. And she, I didn't know this in researching this shit. It's pretty crazy. She would like, yeah, she would just like fucking slap him in the penis. Like with her fucking little stick that she had. Yeah, and then if anyone looked at her, they would. She would have them shot as well. Yeah, and she supposedly would fuck prisoners because her husband had syphilis, but she didn't. And there are theories that her husband was maybe gay because a lot of people had syphilis of the bum hole. There's, there's, there's theories out there. Okay. (laughs) <laughs> yeah so she would walk around the camp I, who knows like i know she would dress very sexy but i'm she, sure there were times where she did it naked too i mean we're she, talking about like absolutely unhinged psychopaths here so i'm sure at certain points yeah. she's like i'm just stripping completely nude and like wandered around in heels or something with you know and probably and she probably got that whole dominatrix feeling of like that pleasure and dominance she would have especially mm-hmm. as being a woman in that time era if any man so much had glanced at her she would have them shot on the spot uh the most infamous uh accusation against um her was that she selected inmates uh with interesting tattoos so we would be fucked and they were to be killed so she could make uh supposedly lampshade skins it was stories of her that were the inspiration for ed gein i was gonna say this is like ed go back to that picture go back to that picture this is like ed gein's wet dream man it's a gay prisoner what the gay uh one in the middle is a gay prisoner how do you know pink triangle on the chest is that what that meant? The pink triangle was for, for uh, gay men, yes. How did they know, though? I thought, why wouldn't back then you would more or less hide it, I would assume? No, absolutely not. Berlin was actually, like, like pre-World War II Germany was an incredibly liberal and open society because it was a defeated society. Um, and, and they were, like, like yeah, no, gay. it was, wasn't really, like, and many parts of Europe didn't have that ostracization of, uh, of homosexuality. I mean, a lot of areas did, and it was very criminal in a lot of areas, like England for that matter. But um, <laughs> um, So there was supposedly a table that they showed, um, and this was actually, she went to, she had three trials. 
And she was actually um, in trial by the SS because they were investigating her cruelties, which sounds crazy, but it did happen. They were like, will you relieve making lampshades out of skin? Like they took her to trial, which is crazy. And obviously she faced Nuremberg and and she got out, which we'll get into. It's it's this is fucked. Um, so, so all of the uh, I, I'm probably wrong because it, it's a black and white photo and we can't tell. But all of the symbols meant different things and all of them were upside down triangles. But the pink, the pink ones were uh, homosexual. That's fucking crazy. I didn't even think about that. And obviously the way they would probably be treated is far worse or used by some of the SS men that may have had some homosexual urges or the thing is, right. There's people that are into a bunch of different stuff. I'm sure at this time, certain people in positions of power, you know, liked like fucking dudes. And the thing is, right. They would probably go after younger guys. I'm sure this, uh, at this time, it kind of opened the doors to pedophiles, especially in the Nazi regime, to be able to do horrific things to children. I am quite sure that this probably happened, and it's probably never mentioned as much as it should be. But at these camps, you know, they could have done horrible things as Mengele was and stuff like that to Jewish children and sodomy and uh, all sorts of fun stuff. Um, as I ever do we get in this, I'm like, I'm so interested and excited by it. Cause I've read a lot into history over my life and it's so fascinated by world war two, but it is horrible. And so they say that she, she, she used people with tattoos and took their skin to make certain things like a book, um, which somebody supposedly, uh, one of the guys that in, uh, when the soldier came in, they infiltrated, uh, Buchanan, or how did I say this shit again? Um, Buchenwald, uh, they would, the one guy took a, a, like a skin bound book and a bunch of stuff home with him and just had it in a glass case. And was like, and then in the sixties or seventies, like, Oh yeah, I took that. Um, yeah, I have that somewhere. Uh, let me go find it. And, uh, it's just, so it was pretty crazy. She would slap dudes in the fucking dick and, uh, she supposedly made lampshades, um, out of skin though. Uh, there's no evidence of this, but I think it, could be the latter. Like the thing is like, it's like, she's already horrible. And no one for doing these horrible, grotesque things. And, um, I'm sure it's not far from her realm. And I'm sure her and Ed Gein would have had a great relationship. He could have saw her as mommy and, you know, and then I dream about you in my wet dreams. Oh, I as a cock. Oh, Jesus. Oh, you're a naughty boy. Come here, Eddie. Come here. Oh, treat me like your son. Ooh, I really like this lampshade that you have. And now I'm going girl. Get your pussy grubby hands off of it or I will smack you again. All right, this is weird. <laughs> um, I when I was reading over her thing, I got stoned and I was like, I, so my brain went off. Uh, but it was <laughs> reading about her and stuff. It's like, man, Ed Gein probably loved this chick. He probably, I'm because he read all those well, like that's Nazi yeah, a lot of the uh, the, the Nazi pulp paperback, yes. you know, fiction stories were written with stories like this as the inspiration. So, yes, absolutely. Just fucking crazy. And obviously, yeah, she was accused of all these horrible things. Uh, me and Anton would be dead either way during this time. Oh, absolutely. Um, I'd be I, a repeat offender homosexual. So as I said, she like had a trial with the SS and they're like, nah, she's good. And this is supposed to be like a hard judge. But I'm like, man, because she went to three trials altogether. And then uh, when obviously Nuremberg came, um, uh, we're showing some photos, is uh, when Nuremberg came kind of thing, she she was, they let her out of prison because they didn't have proof after like four years, man, after all the things that she did 
and like uh, watching over uh, Buchenwald and, you know, keeping care of the prisoners quotations and torturing people. Yeah, big likely. fucking quotations on the word yeah, care. Uh, so obviously torturing them, uh, slapping their penis with her fucking stick that she had. <laughs> I feel like the slap in the dick was the least of what she did. I know. I'm like, man, I would rather don't fucking take my skin. You can just tap me in the balls with your stick. And she supposedly did fuck the prisoners, which is crazy. So maybe men that she found more attractive and stuff like that, or that were hung, like I said. Maybe she liked the big old dick. Well, that's, like, that's what I the Joy Division no. was. It was yeah. a brothel made up of Jewish prisoners um, yes. that, that the, uh, the SS men would go have sex with. But that was all female prisoners. And I would like maybe to dive further back into her on a later episode because Buchenwald was pretty crazy. It also had a movie theater in it and um, supposedly she fucked the prisoners, but also they would bring in prostitutes from other concentration camps uh, to be used and nobody liked what they were doing. Again, don't think the word prostitute works in that situation because oh, I'm pretty sad. sure they were just sex slaves. They're not prostitutes. Hey, nobody hey. was making any money. She definitely, uh, that definitely was the case. And then, so she was let out of prison um, in 19, uh, like I can't remember the time, but she was let out of prison after four years after Nuremberg. And then she, they arrested her again, just stupid. And, uh, they placed her in prison after all these charges. And they started recently. One guy's like, maybe we should look into this and eventually, uh, hanging herself in her cell in 1967, apparently, uh, consumed by guilt. I doubt that very much. Oh, I'm sure shit. she was probably just tired of living. I don't have a quote from her. She's a psychopath, but I just wanted to scare everybody with this photo. <laughs> Imagine this dick slapping your fucking dick with her fucking tiny little stick. She has like for all the audio fans, man, she has like these piercing, like her pupils are pretty big. She must've been on drugs, but she has this staring, like almost black widow killer. As we've talked about before, like this, this evil woman stare like that. She's going to slap you with your, her fucking wand on your dick. And then she's going <laughs> to, fucking shoot you in the face i was wondering how many times you were gonna say fuck the prisoners and that's uh, i was like for all of you <laughs> listeners out there for your second listening of this episode do a shot every time Tob says fuck the prisoners <laughs> yeah it's so true uh but she has she is obviously a psychopath you can just tell her like even looking at her it's holy shit and um she's uh she, i don't have any quotes by her um just well, give for me all of our listeners it really does help to like if you're when you're listening stop if you can as long as you're not driving Pull out your phone and look these people up because these are very real monsters and um, you can see their face. Uh, give me give me a quote you think she would say. I like slapping the cock with my riding crop. <laughs> there you go. Oh, I like All your right. tattoos. Yeah, we're going to have you come to the doctors real quick. Goebbels, let's get into fucking Goebbels. Dr. Paul Joseph Goebbels was a Reich Minister of Propaganda and a vehement anti-Semite. He also looked very German. Like, he, he just did. looked German. And he just looks evil. He kind of looks like a Pee-wee Herman. I don't think Hitler. he looks evil. He looks German. <laughs> and I think a lot of German people just naturally look evil. Man, but they have, like, big gazungas, man. A lot of German chicks have huge boobies, man. It's fucking nice. and they're A lot of wild. German guys are fucking smoking hot, too, so... Yeah, big boobies. They have big cocks and they wear a lot of leather. <laughs> and me like you. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh, Goebbels. Uh, Goebbels' speeches of hatred against Jews arguably initiated the final solution and no doubt helped sway public opinion to the detriment of the Jewish people. Uh, Goebbels himself was a sufferer of polio and had a club foot as a result. This did not affect his standing as the second best orator in the Reich. 
He coined the phrase total war and was an instrumental in convincing the nation to fight long after the war was effectively lost. So for listeners that don't know, there was a point in time where everyone in German authority knew their asses were getting handed to them. There was no way they were winning the war because, uh, you know, the, the allied forces had pretty much just started fucking them up and pushing in and pushing in and pushing in. And they were gaining like, like for any military tactician, they're going to look at the map of them losing ground and be like, we're, we're fucked. There's no way we're coming yeah, out of this. There, there's no, there's no, that's why obviously what came of the end of the war, which eventually we'll talk about with uh, the Nazi experiments. Paperclip and um, all the other stuff where there were a bunch of Nazis that were, were smuggled out through the rat lines and stuff to Argentina. Yeah, stuff and like many that, of those which, were smart. Yeah. And they, when the war started going sideways for lack yeah. of a better term, they were like, okay, how can I get the fuck out? Or anyone with valuable information would go get themselves captured and be like, Hey, I got yeah. info. What do you, you know, what can I do? Let me buy my freedom. I do believe this is going to lead us into project paperclip eventually for an episode. Right. But the thing is, it is kind of crazy. Yeah. How many, how much should they go down? Uh, but remember they were freaking out and they didn't know uh, and what for, was going for, on. For Germans, it was always better to be a prisoner of the uh, Western allies, like England and yeah. America versus and being Russia. a prisoner of the Eastern allies, yeah. like Russia, because Russia perpetuated a lot of war crimes against Germany as well, because they have their own personal yeah. beef that goes all the way back to Prussia. And um, the, the Germans and the Russians were just fucking each other up horribly for the longest time. And were committing atrocities that the Western allies didn't really suffer uh, against why each other. Why can't that, I remember? Why can't I remember? I've watched so many documentaries. What side was China on again? Russian side? Right? No. China was, nope. China was with the allies because China was in war. Uh, was, so they, chi China, China and Japan were at war and Japan was an axis yes. power. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So China was good guys for once. Well, China was <laughs> technically, I don't, I don't think the boxer revolution had taken place yet. I think the boxer revolution took place in the fifties. History is fucking crazy. And I've, yeah. I've watched literally like hours upon hours of Ken Burns documentaries about world war. And it's just like, how do I don't forget this shit? Dude, Dan uh, Carlin's fucking, um, yeah, uh, the road to Armageddon, five. the five part, like yes, 25 hour know. series. Um, or road to Armageddon was world war one. supernova yeah. in the East was now. Uh, I got the time. I might be really listening to those because I, I listened to them like five so years good. ago. It was so good. So, uh, oh, oh, yeah. at the end of the war, a devoted Goebbels stayed in Berlin with Hitler and killed himself along with his wife, Magda and their six young children. Oh, did he though? Mm -hmm. It's probably a conspiracy theory. Uh, all right, let's get into, uh, the next quote. Think of the press as a great keyboard on which the government can play. If you tell a lie big enough and keep repeating it, people will eventually come to believe it. It's actually not an actual Goebbels quote. I'm going to I'm going to hit you for fake I news. I know. I know. Fake news. I Thomas. don't know if I believe that, though. It's not. It's not a Goebbels quote. Whose quote is it? It's another. I Nazi, don't know. It? It's it, no, it's just it's one of those quotes that people equate to Goebbels, but I don't believe it's actually a Goebbels quote. Much of the Some same way that people do the it. Ralph Waldo Emerson. When fascism comes to America, it will be waving a flag or it'll be holding a cross and waving a flag. That's yeah. not an actual quote. We're going to get into it a Patreon episode, uh, but uh, because I've been so fucking heated about this shit lately because of very, uh, I, I could say, I'm not going to say anything about that, but I want to get into a Holocaust denial episode and I want to put it. That's to Patreon. The the yeah, denial episode is going to be behind a paywall. And I know a certain person who we should bring on for it. 
So yeah, you want to have an argument about it? Great. Oh, I do. I want to, I want to fucking cuss uh, somebody out over that. Yeah. I know, man. It blows my mind that there is people out there that legitimately believe in a conspiracy theory. And I know that conspiracy, as you said, conspiracy theories can be dangerous to an extent. I, um, I firmly believe that. Yes. I, I'm not saying not all the of them are. Okay. It's not about Jewish people. I'm telling you right now. It's not. It's not. I've done so much digging into the reptilians. Maybe some of the shit David Icke said could be quoted as that. Yes, but David not Icke, the does he or does he not quote the, the protocols of the group. elders of Zion? The Orion Group is document, talked about David Icke, man. The Orion Group, before we knew what the McCall's reptilians, was written in the Law of One, and that was in the fucking 80s before David Icke ever fucking did this shit. Oh, my God. In the, the, the distant time of the 1980s? God damn it. I wow. Reptilians exist, and they're going to come rape you and Billy. I'm putting hey, it out there. If, if, that's a smooth, if it's a smooth fucking cock, I will take it. Um, yeah, but it, it will eventually get there on, it's going to happen on Patreon. That's why you pay for that stuff because we're going to do some very uncensored, uh, topics that would normally be taken down off of. Everything. Yeah. Those are the, if you want to listen to it, it's going to be behind a paywall type situation and they're going to be good. They're going to be heated. They're going to be real yeah. fucking heated, but we're going to be able to talk about stuff on there that won't be able to be spoken about anywhere else. Yes, but, true. Jo- uh, Thomas, Stangle? do you want to get into Franz Stangle for us? Franz Stangle? Franz uh, Stangle. Will you, will you let me stangle your dangle? Ooh. There's not much stuff about this guy, to be honest. Not many pictures, not many quotes. There's a couple quotes, but um, unless if you dig for it, but at least picture-wise, I guess, you know, there's like enough people like a lot of photography or Google just is trying to suppress uh, this information according to conspiracy theory. Uh, Stangle, born in Austria. Stangle was the commandant of uh, Sibordur. Sobibor and Treblinka. Sobibor, Treblinka. Extermination camps. Yeah, I needed Anton's help in pronouncing some of these German words. There's but actually uh, a film, a lesser known Holocaust escape film called Escape from Sobibor. Um, oh, kind of like The Great Escape. I think Rutger like Hauer Escape is in from it. New York? No. Not even close. In 1943, a direct order from Heinrich Himmler, Stangl became superintendent of the T4 euthanasia program at the Euthanasia Institute of Skolos and Homthalm. Go back to our eugenics episode to hear more about that. Yeah, our Nazi nurses, which is technically the eugenics episode because we did dive very deep. We did a eugenics episode too, didn't we? No, that was part of the killing nurses of the third Yeah, you're right, you're right. Um, which eugenics, might, but we did talk deeply. I think if we need to go further along later we, on. Yeah, we went deep dive into that one. So go back and check out the Nazi nurses episode yeah. for further information on our eugenics. That's what I said. Talk. We've done so much Nazi shit. Yep. Uh, it's coming. More is coming. <laughs> we're mentally and physically disabled people. Obviously, we're sent to be killed. And Stangle accepted, Stangle accepted and grew accustomed to killing Jews. Uh, perceived prisoners not as human, as merely as cargo. That's okay. that's part of the the um so so that to me speaks of the knowledge that what yeah. he is doing is atrocious. Mm-hmm. Like he knows that he is committing atrocities he's and doing horrible things. He's disassociating exactly. Yeah, he's much in the same way that like Tom Savini during Vietnam yeah. disassociated through the lens of his camera. Um so true. And, and and was able to kind of take himself out of it. If he just refers to them as cargo, you're not yeah. killing people, you're liquidating cargo. War plays a toll on your fucking mind, okay? It destroys you, okay? And um, Or it molds you into a more perfect psychopath in the case of a lot of other people. That is also true. Fucking Kyle, whatever his name is. <laughs> Sniper. Uh, Chris Kyle, is that his name? Chris Kyle, yeah. yeah. He quoted as saying... 
Oh, <laughs> I remember standing there next to the pits full of black blue corpses. Somebody said, what shall we do with rotting garbage? That started me thinking of them as cargo. Stengel escaped from Germany the war, uh, after the war and eventually was arrested in Brazil. Why is it Brazil, Anton, in 1967? <laughs> because Nazis love South America. And they couldn't go to Kiev or Ukraine uh, because at the time era, right, like that well, Russians were fucking very highly. Oh, oh yeah. No, Russians did not take kindly to anyone of uh, any Germans at that point. Uh, there's actually uh, the next person that we're going to talk about is going to be uh, Kiev and, and Ukraine type stuff. So. Um, there's something for our listeners that really should look it up just because anyone that likes to say the Holocaust didn't happen. There are plenty of fucking pictures that yeah. you can go look at that are proof positive that it, it happened. And eventually it will come to it. We're on a Patreon episode where we'll talk about Ukraine. Um, so, and how fucking crazy that place is. You know, the place that may or may not have a little bit of a uh, nationalist problem at the moment. Yes, and has for a while. He was tried for his deaths around 900,000 people. Fucking crazy. That's a lot of people. He killed 900,000 people. That's yeah. fucking <laughs> yeah, dude. No, that's a lot of fucking people. And that's that's absolutely atrocious. He admitted to killing them. Uh, uh, he meant to these killings, but argued. My conscience is clear. I was simply doing my duty. He died of heart failure in 1971 while serving life in prison. A and life fucking sentence for a man <laughs> that was responsible for the deaths of nine. had no, didn't care, had no conscience. Almost a million people and showed zero remorse. Life sentence. I don't ever want to hear anyone justify the fucking death penalty in front of me. I know, it's again. true. We could bring up ever. this. I'll say it on TikTok so we'll get mad angry at me. All right, here we go. Cargo. Zeva Cargo. I think it started the day I first saw the Trotalinga in Trebinka. I remember we're standing there next to the pits full of blue-black corpses. It had nothing to do with humanity. It couldn't have. It was a mass. A mass of rotting flesh. Verse said, what shall we do with all this garbage? I think unconsciously that started me thinking of them as cargo. Franz Stangl. <laughs> I don't know if it's, if it's, uh, I, it, this is a horrible things of what happened to these people and stuff like that. And I think it's just you doing the German accent <laughs> while the music is going on is making me chuckle because it, everyone knows this song. Dun, 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 dun. It's the just like Flight of the Valkyries. And the uh, Valkyries, yeah. Hitler loved his opera. So like I Hitler wanted... loved Wagner in particular. Yeah, yeah very like a loved Wagner. V- loved Wagner. Oh, which, I also have enough... Wagner's pretty cool, but you yeah. kind of can't be like, I love Wagner, because everyone's like, Oh, you're a Nazi shithead. That's true. Here we go. Another quote from uh Stangle. I rarely saw them as individuals. It was always a huge mass. They were naked, packed together, running, being driven with whips. <laughs> Franz Stangl. <laughs> Franz Stangl. And we laugh because, as I said, um, you know, everyone check out, honestly, Forbidden uh, Knowledge News. I did an episode with them. It's doing really well, actually. Um, is I said, I was like, I sometimes you just got to laugh 
at really dark, horrible situations. And I was like, that's what we do on our podcast. We try to make light of these very horrible things. And this is in our, our distant past, but not too distant where it's just like, it's harder to joke about someone got murdered yesterday than it is like, you know, a hundred years ago. And the way that things are going in the U S it's looking like this is going to be the next thing that fucking happens unless something interferes. And I'm really, really hoping <laughs> something interferes because if, if the theocracy takes hold here, it's not going to be good. You want to talk about fucking goddamn Bobble Blobble? <laughs> Paul Blobble? During the invasion of the Soviet Union, Blobble commanded the Sonderkommando 4A of Einstgruppen C, that was active in Ukraine. Following Wehrmacht's troops into Ukraine, the Einstgruppen would be responsible for liquidating political and radical undesirables. Blobble was primarily responsible for the Baba Yar massacre at Kiev. Did you get pictures of the Baba Yar massacre? I didn't think I should show them. That's your call. Uh, Listeners, go ahead and look it up. Uh, Viewers, we're not going to be showing pictures of the massacre. Uh, I think, I think Tom, I I was going to show a big, I was going to show concentration camps and the piles of dead bodies, but I feel like everyone can go find that for themselves. If they want to look at those images, I chose to be a little lighter on this episode and get a buzz and not fucking try to think about the horrible things that these people actually did, which I am thinking about, but you got to fucking just disassociate. Researching this shit. I've absolutely also was, was coming through it and was like, Oh man, this is, I spent the whole day at work listening to uh, a book about um, the war crimes of Nazis. So (laughs) Some good light reading material. <laughs> really like, lift your after spirits. While, for I was the just day. sitting there drilling these parts, and I was like, "Man, <laughs> this is like you know what's that. crazy though? There's a certain there, there. No, like that's there's a certain thing to that. Think about it. As you're listening to it, doing your tedious mundane job, where you're like, yeah. yep. I was thinking how that's worse how, it could be. That's how many of those people operated in the yeah. death camps. They I were know. going yeah. about it where they're like, oh, another day, another dollar, bang." Yeah. Another day, another dollar, bang. And it's just like. And then a whip of the dick. Yeah, just literally. Yeah. <laughs> a whip of the dick. Just going through the motions of being like, I wonder what I'm going to have for lunch today and executing human beings left and right. And it's like, yeah. the, the, the mental disassociation is astounding. I was going to say about Paul Blobel, go by everyone, pull up his image. Um, you know what? Beards were not a thing back then. And this guy had a beard. Yes, they he were. Looks what are you like- talking about? They were I- absolutely a thing back then. Who, everyone had mustaches. Nobody had mustaches fucking beards. and look at, beards. Look at all the Nazis. Look at all the soldiers, American soldiers. Everyone either had a mustache or they're shaving clean at this time. I think everybody just had facial hair, but um. But, so and, and uh, he looks like um the villain from Esmeralda. Uh, no, what's that movie? Um, that Rasputin. He kind of Anastasia. Like a, he, I I think he looks far more German than Russian, but Rasputin's a whole nother. So up to up to 59,000 executions are attributable to Blobel himself, though during testimony, he was alleged to have killed 10,000 to 15,000 people. He was later sentenced to death by hanging by the U.S. Nuremberg military tribal in the Einsgruppen trial. He was hanged at Landsberg prison on June 8th, 1951. Please tell me you have the death photo. I found it. Yeah. Okay, bring it up. Ooh, I didn't have that one. Look at that bitch standing on the trap door. Giving the finger. No, that's somebody else holding the. That's the. I know the, the guy giving the up. finger is fucking. He's like, fuck this guy. Yeah, fuck you. I'm not gonna bring up the Did death you, photo. Bring it up. You want me to? Yeah, it was. It's not graphic. It's just him dead. I don't know if I was the, the worried about YouTube's and shit. Um, I think you can show the pictures. Of, I've I've seen the, the the Ted Bundy death photo on YouTube before. 
This is close enough. And uh, there's a photo of him at Nuremberg, and he looks like he's on a telephone. And as soon as I saw this photo, I thought of Robert Munch. Ring, 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 ring. Nazi phone. Oh, my God. That's... <laughs> Listen, look at it. He's like, he's like, is that my words? Yes, yes. I did say that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, th- those are the, tr- the translator headphones. Oh, yeah. Hey, fuck you, you piece of shit. <laughs> like, yeah. Like, all right, here we go. I would not say that they were happy. They knew what was going to happen to them. Of course, they were told what was going to happen to them, and they were resigned to their fate. And that is the strange thing about these people in the East. It's very inspiring. That's <laughs> us like laughing at the, some of the quotes with fucking, oh man, with fucking Wagner, goddamn. That's why you just get to you just get to enjoy that these people are fucking dead, and you get to and, really just yeah. savor the fact that those assholes were killed. And for the first time we really talked about it will be a Lost Tapes episode on Patreon. So that's why we shout out. There's a lot of good things on there. It will be coming out soon. The uh, uh, Strange Mysteries of World War II. I decided that needs more. Be, let's be a Patreon episode. Uh, me and Billy were definitely pretty drunk on that episode and trying to speak in German accents. So, Josef Kramer. Um, this guy, he... This guy looks like a... Not gonna lie, he kind of looks like he should be in um, a Quentin Tarantino film. He does kind of have the uh, the jawline of one of the bastards. Unfortunately, he was not a bastard. He was a Nazi. He was an actual bastard. <laughs> he was he was a, he was a piece of shit. Uh, Kramer Josef S S Humphenstumpfen. Uh, I can't fucking Hermann Kramer. Hamstumpfer. Hamstumpfer. Herr Kramer was the commandant of the Bergen-Belsen concentration camp. Okay, fuck up. Dub the Beast of Blestian. Belsen. Uh, Belson, God, what is, well, I I'm like try to do an accent, but I butcher it even more. Drink some more, Tom. Drink yeah, another that's one. True. Um, I didn't drink last night, fucking sir. Go out to the movies and get hammered. I didn't beast of, get hammered at the movies. I smoked weed. I didn't drink. I had uh, you stayed sip. up till two a.m. smoking weed. Yeah, I stayed up till two a.m. watching movies, sitting in a chair. Yeah, I'll be doing that soon with you. And you'll be. I got a projector in my backyard now, man. I'm fucking so excited. No, we'll get we'll get hammered then because we're not driving it's, anywhere. I got I got all the fucking I got the the all the um uh, monster movies from back in the day. I'm fucking excited. Uh, the Beast of Belzen by uh, by the camp inmates. He was a notorious Nazi war criminal, directly responsible for the deaths of thousands. Kramer adopted his own draconian. Wait, 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 wait. Do it. Whoops. Reptile wins. Um, yeah, draconian policies at Auschwitz um, because they, most of these people were probably possessed uh, by the, the reptilians. And if they weren't, okay, ding, ding, Terry. Um, but if they weren't, okay, uh, uh, according to, uh, to bring them up again, according to Peggy Kane, when she reversed, um, I think it was George Bush Sr.'s speech about World War II, she, she was uh, someone like kind of like David Icke, but as popular, or like Alex Collier, abductee, contactee, whatever. And uh, she used to do these talks in her farm where she had chickens balking everywhere. And she said that she reversed the speech and it said that World War II was the biggest feast they've ever had with all the bodies that were laying in the snow in Russia and all that shit. So uh, I don't even want to hear about reverse back mask speeches. They that were makes ex- about as much fucking sense. They were as exhuming the energy. Supposedly, you can find out what people are actually saying by reversing the 
their speech because it shows they're actually like consciousness mm. speech from beyond the realms of what we believe. I believe it's possible if you reverse somebody's speech that you could hear the real, if they're aligned, the real indications that maybe what they're actually thinking. I think it is possible. Uh, I but think yes. you're falling for satanic panic bullshit. Oh, sure. shut the fuck up. All right. So <laughs> this, uh, so I obviously believe that the reptilians could be exhuming energy at this time just to bring those fun guys up. Uh, so uh, Kramer, yes, adopts his own crazy policies, very draconian he terrorizes prisoners without remorse and some of these people we might get back into later on after the war he was convicted of his war crimes and hanged in Halman prison by noted british executioner albert pierre point whilst on trial he stated his lack of feeling as well as just he was, no it was just following orders uh this guy is not relevant enough to have any speeches uh, done by him mm-hmm. all right now let's get into Ernst Krauterbrunner. Yes. So Austrian-born Krauterbrunner was chief of security in the Reich, where he displaced Reinhard Heydrich. He was president of Interpol, so the International Police Force, for the, the you layperson out there, yeah. from 1943 to 1945, and was there to destroy the enemies within the Reich. Kaltenbrunner was a physically imposing man with scars on his cheeks. It made him look like the tyrant he really is. Uh, for our viewers, Tom doesn't have a, a good enough picture up that actually shows the scars on his face. But uh, half oh, of this I man's face is, half of this I man's face looks scars. like no. It's less Joker, more Two Face. <laughs> you know, I got these scars. How did he get <laughs> the scars? Eating popsicles. I believe they were World War One injuries. Oh. Uh, I, I, if memory serves, it was like a, a frag explosion of some sort. He took shrapnel to the face. <laughs> I was going to say, I bet you've had a lot of fag explosions. <laughs> wow. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> Not enough. Not enough. Um, <laughs> God damn it. Uh, he, he made him look like the tyrant he really was. Carlton Brunner was one of the main perpetrators of the Holocaust and was hanged after the Nuremberg trials on October 16th, 1946. Um, certain accounts say that he was the highest ranked SS man to be hanged, but I, uh, think, uh, yeah, he was the highest ranked to be hanged, but Gareng was the highest ranking, uh, official in the trial. <laughs> yeah. I'm just laughing. Uh, because, well, because Gareng yeah. died by cyanide. Um, my brother was like, wow, you don't have a mustache anymore. Oh no. Yeah. I, I shaved everything off. I said it made Anton look like 10 years younger. If I shave, I look like a child. Okay. Yeah, I look like a child. Like, especially me. You just, you rock the mustache. I do the full beard where, like, I did it. Uh, shout out. I don't know why Mitch always ends up in this podcast, but I shaved it one time. I was angry at work when I used to work with Mitch. And Mitch was like, I like bearded Tom. He was happier. And it's just like, cause I was like angry. And he was like, You look like you're fucking 18. And I was like, Yeah, I fucking know. So I don't do this. <laughs> uh, Frednick Jacqueline. Friedrich Jacqueline. Jacqueline. Oh, wait, we didn't get a, a quote from uh, the homeboy. Yeah, I was waiting for you. Oppression is the essence of power. Ernst Kattelbrunner. Pretty much. <laughs> uh, Frederick J- Jacqueline. Uh, I'm going to call him Frederick. Freddy. Freddy in the Soviet, uh, Soviet custody. Uh, so uh, Freddy led to one of the largest... <laughs> God, I can't say. Uh, <laughs> the collections of... Uh, let me get, give me a chance. Einstein Gropen. Einstein Gropen. Close. Einstein Gropen. Einstein Gropen. 
Um, uh, the Einsgruppen were deployment groups, the Schutzstaffel, which means SS, they are power military death squads of Nazi Germany. So basically like the just death the death squads, yeah. So yeah. Einsgruppen uh, operated under the Schutzstaffel. So the Einsgruppen would be like the soldiers who were yeah. ruled over by the SS themselves. Oh, yeah, and then you got the, the SSA and all that shit. So the SS are the officers, and the Einsgruppen are all the enlisted people that carry out mm. the orders of... Those are the ones that were actually able to escape more often than not with... Yeah. I was following orders. I would have been killed. My family would have been killed, like... Yeah, everyone would have been killed. And uh, this guy was per- Freddy. Good old uh, Frederick uh, was responsible. Frederick uh, was responsible for um, ordering the deaths of over 100,000 Jewish people, Slavs, uh, Romanians, and other undesirable. Roma is not uh, Romanian. Not? Roma is, is gypsy. Roma? Tomato? That's a fucking man. What are you talking about? Gypsy Roma- is a slur. Roma is what you call them. The Romani. So when we do the episode about the gypsies, I can't call it gypsies. No, you got to call it gypsies. Remember when we did, we did our show with Ian or not, not with Ian, oh, with, with, oh, with Aaron. Uh, Aaron. Yeah. From first class. Yeah. That'll be yes. coming out uh, after, before this. <laughs> yes. And, and how we, we referred to them as travelers. Yes. That's travelers. Yeah, I know me are the, the general descriptive for European migrants. Yeah, that's whereas that's a Patreon gypsies episode. These are yeah. Roma. Yeah, me and me and uh, Aaron did a whole Patreon episode that'll be coming out. I think it should be out by the time this is out. And we talked all about the travelers, where you can watch a documentary that's free on YouTube and listen to us talk about this fucking shit. It's you weird. like dogs? Yeah, like dogs. I made that point. Obviously. <laughs> uh, but I care about broken Roma, wheels. So, no, but a lot of gypsies run from Romania. I got a, I got two Romanian buddies when I was on this podcast at one point. Right, but that's not the. Anyways, whatever they kill all the fucking gypsies, uh, and you can see it in one of my favorite shows. Uh, we don't. It doesn't. It, it, there's a lot of gypsies in um, uh, <laughs> that show. I like Peaky Blinders. <laughs> yeah. Um, they, they don't get murdered by Nazis. It's not the time era. It's before that. And obviously, the, the he was he was responsible for all these people's deaths of the Third Reich in occupied Soviet Union during World War II. And Freddie developed his own methods to kill large numbers of people, which as known as the Jacqueline system. <laughs> Did you look that up at all? Uh, no, I didn't want to. <laughs> During the Rumbaria, the Baba Ga, and oh Jesus Christ, the Kamenyak pa, Palastiklaka massacres. Kamenis <laughs> Polvisky. Kamenis Polvisky. I said it horribly. Massacre. So he, he was there during these very German word places of fucking massacres. Yes. Okay. Yeah, and most of the major massacres, uh, the Baba Yar is what we were referring to before to tell, tell, tell people to look up. That's one of the most famous pictures of uh, yeah, just the, the piles of bodies. After the war, he was tried and hanged in Russia in Riga on, um, that would be Russian, I guess, February 3rd, 1946. So the way that it was done is you force prisoners to dig a massive grave and then you just started shooting them as they were in the grave. Yeah. And pushing uh, the bodies in. This guy kind of looks like a, a guy my my mom used to date this guy named Dave. He just wears sweatsuits everywhere. He went He kind of looks like Ernest Borgnine, which makes me sad. Cause I love Ernest Borgnine. He looks like that stepdad. That's gonna, he looks like a stepdad. That's going to hurt you. Okay. Yeah, then let's get into Oscar. <laughs> Oscar Dreilwanger. This guy's a pedophile. <laughs> so world he war one, like, she is one. <laughs> 
Uh, World War I veteran Dr. Icicle Dzerolivanga led the infamous SS Dzerolivanga Brigade, a penal battalion comprised of the sickest, most vicious criminals in the Reich. Dzerolivanga raped two 13-year-old girls on separate occasions in the 30s and lost his doctor title after being imprisoned, only to have it reinstated after his bravery, air quotes, uh, during the Spanish Civil War. He volunteered for the SS at the start of World War II and was given his own battalion due to his excellent soldiery. Dervanga's unit was employed in operations against partisans in the occupied Soviet Union, but he and his soldiers are widely believed to have tortured, raped, and murdered civilians, including children. And he allegedly fed female hostages strychnine in order to entertain his soldiers whilst they died in agony. So basically just like, oh, here, I know you are. You must be hungry. Here, it's just okay. Go ahead and have something. It's been poisoned. And then you just slowly watch them. He's got a fucking bubble head. This guy looks like um, a light bulb. He looks like a child's worst nightmare. He looks yeah. like he looks like a pedophile. This dude yeah. has like strong Albert Fish vibes. Oh, 100%. I didn't even think of that. He does look like Albert Fish. Uh to an extent like that evil look. Uh everyone go look him up. I swear to god. He he, lo- he looks <sighs> like a monster. Yeah. Yeah, it's f- um he looks like fucking <laughs> Paul Rubens on crack. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Joe Vonga was captured by the French in a hospital after being injured at the front as he always led his soldiers into battle. He had some sort of hero complex about it. Uh, the French handed him over to the Polish who locked him I and beat him. Daughter. Yeah, like the Polish locked him, beat and tortured him over the next few days. And this dude literally so died of torture. So, you know, Good. no no problem with any of that there. Good. Fuck that. He does not have a quote, but I'm sure it's on like, I love the young and flesh of the fucking children. He's a scary fucking individual. Okay. Good he's God. like horribly scary. Um, I do not know how to pronounce this guy's name. Odial Globklik. Obdial Globklik? Globlik? I don't know. I don't know what the fuck. This guy looks is. like that fucking guy from, uh, uh, wait, um, <laughs> do, I don't like have Tom Hanks. God damn. He does like Tom Hanks is a pedo. Uh, but, uh, they, uh, he looks like this guy looks like, um, uh, the guy from pet cemetery. <laughs> no, he does not look like Fred Gwynn. No, he you does don't not think so. No, not in the least, but I think it kind of looks like him. Uh, old I think he looks more like Tom Hanks than Fred Gwynn. Yeah. Old Dilo. Gobelnik was a prominent Austrian Nazi and later an SS leader. He was one of the men who was responsible for the most mur- uh, the murdering of millions of people during the Holocaust. And uh, Oldily, how do you say his first? Oldillo? Just call him Gobelnik. I'm going to call him Odillo because that's how I would pronounce it. Okay. Odillo was <laughs> like an armadillo. Odillo was responsible for liquidating the Warsaw's ghettos, which contained about 500,000 Jews. <laughs> The lar- that's fucking crazy. I don't know why I laughed. The largest so what, Jewish community in Europe and the second largest in the world after New York. The way that the ghettos worked is, and, and they're not saying that New York has a, a Jewish ghetto. They're saying New York has the second highest or the highest population of Jewish people in New York City. Um, oh, they were saying okay. Because there's, there's uh, Hasidic neighborhoods. There's a whole bunch of other communities within there as well. But basically the way the ghettos worked is when the Germans were going through conquering territories, like when they got to Poland, any Jews that were living in Poland would be shipped off to ghettos. Uh, And they were convinced in many cases by um, someone we'll talk about in a little bit that they were going to uh, live. Actually it's uh, yeah. They were going to live a better life by going to the ghettos, but they were convinced to leave all of their possessions behind and all of their stuff. They're like, no, this is a land we have just for you. So you can live with your people. And then the ghettos were the places where they were like, okay, everybody get the fuck on the trains. Like, 
And as we said, they did even the Nazis just associated, right? Where they're like they like were like when they came off the trains, like, hey, how you doing? Is everything good? Like, and then they were like, you're gonna. I don't think they me. even did that. I think That's it was pretty much just like you here, you here, and then there were like you know like the scenes of like the barking dogs. Oh, and- when they come at the concentration camps, I heard that they because to not ensue terror and to make it worse, where people are freaking out. Maybe at first, but I would I. Like I I know um, Mangala had a thing for that of going up to the kids yeah. and offering them candy and stuff like that, but I'm sure there were in the more sadistic areas people that were just. We'll talk about. I just picture Joseph Mangala like the old dad with the peanuts in his hand, just popping peanuts in his hands. He's walking around with his nice smile. We'll get into him a little bit because he's gonna be another episode on its own. Uh, so obviously he also was known for liquidating the the Bolsterstock ghetto, the Bielostock ghetto, whatever. Uh, is another ghetto. Bielostock. Uh, which stood out for its strong resistance to the German occupation, reselling a large quantity of Poles under the premise of ethnic cleansing, which is another episode for our day. Yep. He is in charge of the, uh, the implementation, the, the imp, why can't I fucking say this right now? Too much whiskey. He fucking supervised the, the Lubin reserve, uh, reservation to which 95,000 Jews were deported, uh, which adjacent network of forced labor camps, obviously in the Lubin uh, district. He was also charged of over 45,000 Jewish. La- he was also in charge mm-hmm. of 45,000 Jewish laborers, which is fucking crazy. And on May 21st, shortly after his capture, um, good old uh, dildo. Um, he, uh, <laughs> he fucking committed suicide with cyanide in a capsule of mouth Cause he's a yep. coward. Like most of them. All right. I don't know what song I did last, but let's. This is one of the most highly secret matters there are. Perhaps the most secret. Anyone who speaks out about it is shot dead immediately. Two talkative people died yesterday. The fact that he made a joke is fucking weird. Like, what a fucking psychopath. All right, uh, this is going to also lead into an episode I have ready to go down the chute. Like, uh, we could debate on maybe doing it after this one, as I do have a Nazi hunter episode that will discuss a little bit more about uh, Eidolf uh, Eichmann. Eichmann. So when we're getting into Eichmann, and I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Eichmann was the inspiration for the character played by... There's a whole show about this guy. It's what this guy the fuck? Dude. How am I spacing on his name? The guy from Inglorious Bastards in Diango. Oh, what? I'm spacing on his name right now. Oh, it's fine. Someone will yell at us. It's okay. Yeah, it's just, just right. yell at us in chat. Anyways, uh, Adolf Eichmann was the or- uh, organizational talent that orchestrated the mass deportation of Jews from their countries into waiting ghettos and extermination camps. A prodigy of Heydrich, he is sometimes referred to as the architect of the Holocaust. He learned Hebrew and studied all things Jewish in order to manipulate the Jewish people through his power of coercion to leave their occupied territories and possessions in favor of a better life in the ghettos. At the end of the war, he was doing the same to Hungarian Jews. And if it wasn't for the intervention of Raoul Wallenberg, the number of victims of the Holocaust would have been much, much higher. Uh, He fled Germany at the end of the war via a rat line to South America. Catholic Church. Catholic Church. (laughs) Excuse me. Oh, my God. Um, was captured by the Mossad in Argentina. He was extradited to Israel and executed by hanging in 1962 after a highly publicized trial. Eichmann's death was and is the only civil execution ever carried out in Israel. And uh, it is uh, quite crazy. The, the shit that, you know, the people that believe in, some of the, there was a lot of people that were smuggling Nazis out and um, helping. Well, the Catholic them. Church had the; they were the ones who basically operated the rat lines. And Mossad has got 
problems, let's say, but the thing is they were trying to hold people accountable at some point. When, when Mossad started, I would definitely say that they were doing good and they you know were who he looks. He looks like he would um, be a, a great friend of um, who's that sniveling comedian. That's Jewish. Why can't I think of his name? Woody Allen. Yeah. The one that touched his fucking daughter. Um, he looks like him and Woody Allen would have a great conversation. I don't think so. I mean, yeah, Eichmann would be like just talking to Woody <laughs> Allen about the history of Judaism and Woody Allen would be so fucking uncomfortable the whole time. I know. That's what I was saying. They'd see these guys in the room. They, to me, they look fairly similar, but they're from very different points of views on the spectrum, but both in my, not maybe not equally as psychopathic, but I do think that, um, there's issues with that man that people love so much. And Woody I Allen, Woody Allen is not Woody loved. I, I don't understand that any, like, like who, who is calling Woody Allen beloved at this know. point? Me and Chelsea watched the whole thing about, and his daughter coming out. And it's like, why would she really need to lie about this? And so his me or Mia Farrow's daughter, Mia Farrow's daughter. Okay. It, it's a depressing documentary because it yeah, goes I'm, really I'm good. Deep. I'm not going to watch that. It's fucked up. And I, it, it convinced me because like, I do think he also, there was shit in the pipeline. People were talking about it. I would be and, willing to bet if, if he's the kind of person that's willing to groom a fucking child that he has yeah. custody of, then yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put anything past him. I think that we're going to more or less maybe switch our, um, we're going to, I think we're going to skip Joseph Mangala until we get about the Nazi experiment episode. I think that's where, I think it's good that we've mentioned him, but I think that we should save more or less Joseph Mangala and the horrible things this man did. Uh, until the Nazi experiment episode. So you want to yeah. go where uh, you want to do, you want to do Heydrich then? Uh, yeah. And okay. uh, that's, and I've got, you. I've got Wait. one more before we go to Himmler. Yeah. Uh, so Adolf Eichmann's uh, quote, here we go. To sum it all up, <laughs> I must say that I regret nothing. Cold blooded yes. fuck face right up to the end. There's a whole really good documentary about it that I watched like years ago that came out about how they hunted him down. And we will talk about it. Like I said, this is gonna go into other um episodes too with like the Nazi hunter. Let's talk about the Reinhard Heydrich. Isn't this your go? Oh no, Reinhard Heydrich. No, no, this is your go because I have uh Herman Hess after this. Yeah, this uh <laughs> I don't, this, this guy looks like somebody I know. Heydrich was appointed protector of the Bohemia and Moldavia in uh, August 1940. He was appointed and served as president of Interpol. Heydrich cha- chaired uh, uh, the 1942 1C conference, which he discussed the plans for deportation and extermination of all Jews and in German-occupied territories, thus being obviously part of the mastermind of the Holocaust. He attacked. He was attacked by the Britishly trained Czechs, Czech agents on May 27th, 1942, sent him to assassinate in Prague. Prague. Prague? Oh, yeah, Prague. Prague. He died suddenly after a week of complications from his injuries, and the foundations of genocide were laid by Heydrich and carried out the operation of the Reinhardt in his name. He had, um, you, you're going to look at this dude and tell me this dude isn't a lizard? This guy's definitely like looking at this guy's face. I'm like, okay, maybe reptilians are a thing. Yeah, this guy is. Uh, <laughs> come up. Uh, but this guy, obviously, he implemented a lot of policies that allowed the Holocaust to exist and happen. And after a time, when they start collecting all the Jews, like, what do we do with them? And they're like, all right, put them in the fucking gas chambers. All right, two. Did you got a quote from this man. 
I don't actually. Oh, this guy was right. not. I looked and I looked for all these quotes, and some people just didn't have quotes. And um, you know, as we're gonna dive back into Joseph Mengele, he this guy was a psychopath, the true psychopath truly behind a lot of the things during the war and the concentration camps, which will come when we talk about Nazi experiments in a couple months. Uh, but it, he's a true psychopath and he will get a big section when we get to him. So let's jump right into Rudolf Hess, not Herman Hess. Herman Hess is a Jew, a German poet. Um, nothing to do as far as I'm aware with the Holocaust. So the son of a merchant has served in the German army during World War I. That's where a lot of Nazis met and, and formed their ideas as well about things because Germany got their asses handed to them in World War I. And yeah. because of that, that's why Germany was weakened economically, militarily. Germany wasn't allowed to have a standing army, things along those lines. So This guy had a fucking unibrow, bro. <laughs> yes, he did. This guy... <laughs> Look at look at that fucking Goomba! Oh my okay, god! Okay, go look that up this guy's face. image. It's like, bro, have you ever heard of Tweezers, man? No, he was a naturalist. So strange. Um, after the war, he studied at University of Munich, where he engaged in nationalist propaganda. Hess joined the fledgling Nazi party in 1920 and quickly became Hitler's friend and confidant. After participating in the failed November 1923 Munich Beer that was when the Nazis tried to overthrow the government. Yep. Um, he escaped to Austria, but returned voluntarily to Lonsberg prison. That's where they took like Hitler and all of the people that were involved in the push and locked them up. Uh, he wrote down and edited much of Hitler's dictation for Mein Kampf. So this was the penman of Mein Kampf. Mein Kampf, the couch. Uh, promoted to Hitler's private secretary, Hess was charged with creating new centralized party organization after the defection of the leftist followers of Gregor Strasser. So I looked into this a little bit, and there are, at one point in time, pre-Nazi party taking over, over, yeah. um, there was a left wing of the Nazi party, which was That's actually crazy. not anti-Semitic. Uh, and, and that what? dude, um, Gregor Strasser, the actually ended up getting murdered party. by the Nazis later on because he was against... Hitler um, being anti-Semitic. He was against Hitler um, basically Actually, getting in bed with the corporations yeah. in order to yeah. fund everything. He was like, no, oh, yeah. we are the IBM. national. So when people make the comment, like when assholes in conversations use the whole like, well, fucking socialist party. It's like, no, the Nazis were not socialist. They were fascist. They yeah. started out as the national socialist party, but uh, Gregor Strasser was really the only element of it that was socialist. Him and his yeah. followers were the ones that were like, we need sweeping social reforms. We need a better standard of living. We need this and that. He wasn't interested in the anti-Semitism. He wasn't interested in you know the genocide. He was interested in... There's two uh, two sides to every coin. And the thing is to shout this out too um, on our Bohemian Grove episode. Go listen to that when it, it's... For Twitch listeners, it's going to be fucking out tomorrow. Uh, but we talk about... Um, we talked about how uh, the connections to IBM and Hitler uh, yes. was a fucking huge thing in Moral Technique talks. About Audi, BMW, a whole like, bunch of other shit don't too. Realize uh, Henry how Ford. Fucking deep this shit goes. Yes. So good. in 1933, Hess became deputy party leader. In 1939, Hitler declared him second only to Hermann Goering in line of secession. So if Hitler dies, it goes to Goering. If Goering That's dies, crazy. it goes to Rudolf Hess. That's crazy. And he was um, an orchestrator of a lot of the crazy shit going on. So a lot of he the atrocities. Hess also had a reputation for absolute loyalty to Hitler. I mean, they were basically fucking cellmates. So, you know, he's the one that helped him write Mein Kampf. Uh, during, during the later 1930s and the first years of World War II, however, when the military and foreign power 
foreign policy preoccupied Hitler, Hess's power waned, and his influence was further undermined by Martin Bormann and other top Nazi leaders. In the spring of 1941, Hess attempted to bring the continuing war between Germany and Britain to an end by means of a spectacular coup. On May 10th, he secretly flew alone from Augsburg and landed by parachute in Scotland, allegedly making contact with famed occultist Aleister Crowley. That goes into uh, the uh, when Crowley was a double agent and shit like that. And, That's and the, Crowley the met vibes. with Hitler. We talked about that. I was going to say, go back to the Nazi and occult um, Hitler episode that we did. I don't think for one moment that Crowley met with Hitler, but... No, we joked about it. We're like, imagine. They were both just really big fans I, of Madame Blavatsky. I said, I, I said, I was like, it's like Brad Pitt fucking um, the Scientologist. What's that guy's name? Fucking <laughs> Tom Cruise. Yeah, I was like, it's like Brad Pitt fucking Tom Cruise. If they met, it's like such a big thing. It's like, holy shit, Hitler met fucking Aleister Crowley. It's such a, it would, like, it would be a fucking massive thing. Well, it, it's one of those things, too, that just uh, basically fuels a lot of conspiracies and the whole, like, the Nazis never lost. They turned yeah. to became the American government. And it reminds Crowley me of like an and MMA blah, blah, fight blah, blah. poster where it's like Crowley versus Hitler. And then at the yeah. beginning of the match, the ding ding goes off and they just kiss each other. <laughs> <laughs> He brought peace proposals demanding a free hand for Germany and Europe and the return of former German colonies as compensation for Germany's promise to respect the integrity yeah. of the British Empire. So for those that don't know, after World War I, Germany basically had most of its land stripped from it because they were yeah. like, you know, fuck all of you. You started this fucking thing. Yeah. We're, we're done. You're fucked. So Germany got a really, really raw deal after World War One. That's one of the things that actually led to the rise of the unrest and the Nazi party in Germany. Um, yes. So what Hess was trying to do was go to Europe and be like, hey, we don't want this war any more than you do. And, you know, maybe we uh, you know, may come to a truce. But the thing is, is that by this point in time, the allies were already fucking shit up. Yeah. Real hardcore. And I don't think that they were really all that worried about not beating the Axis powers. And for an episode in the future, we'll be talking about how both world wars were funded by both sides to smuggle war, uh, the gold from all the countries to give it to the Federal Reserve. So the Federal Reserve have the ultimate power over printing money and print money from thin air where it's the biggest magic trick that was ever pulled in human history. Anyways. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, they, so he was met with no response from the British government, which just triply treated him as a prisoner of war. Uh, they held him all throughout world war two. His chaotic action was like, likewise rejected by Hitler himself, who accused Hess of suffering from pacifist delusions. Uh, <laughs> after the war, Hess was tried at Nuremberg. Hess was convicted and given a life sentence, serving his sentence at Spandu prison in Berlin, where from 1966 until his death in 1987, he was the only inmate. After his death in 1987, what? yep, he was the only inmate in this prison for like fucking 30 years or 20 just, years. Like, the guards just go talk. There's a one guard they paid to go Person, talk. To I was him. wondering where I'm like, are they just like, do they have just a rapport with this dude where it's like, yeah, whatever. Like, it can't have been that hard of a Think job. About these people, they just sent these people to prison for a while, like our life for murdering yep. thousands of people or at least orchestrating it. But you gave Charles Manson life for fucking not even being part well, of this murder. dude wasn't necessarily, you know, in charge of setting up the death I camp know, or running I'm them. This dude was fucking literally just Hitler's secretary. You gave him the same sentence. You gave Charles Manson. Okay. Yeah. Well, no, Charles Manson was sentenced to death. See, that's worse. Charles Manson was sentenced to death, and then there was a point in time where California did away with the death penalty, but Manson was already in prison oh, yeah, on yeah, death yeah. row, and it lapsed, and then they restarted it, but anybody that who lapsed yeah. during that time was converted and to life Charles in prison. Charles Manson is coming, and he'll be with me and Anton. 
It's fucking Spider-Man. It's, like yeah, it's, gonna, it's gonna be really long. Um, yeah, it is. So after the war, Hess was tried in Nuremberg, given a life sentence. Uh, Hess was buried in Wunstel, Bavaria, and his grave later became a pilgrimage site for neo-Nazis. Just fucking Nazi yeah. fanboys that are like, let's go fucking visit the grave of the guy that wrote the book. Oh, cool. uh, in 2011, it was decided that his body should be moved. Hess's remains were subsequently cremated, and his ashes were scattered in an unidentified lake. So crazy. So, yeah, because he didn't he inspire Hitler to write Mein Kampf? No, he so while Hitler was imprisoned after the yeah. beer hall pushed, he basically you know how certain people have uh, they, they dictate things. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Not, not a dictator, poem, but he's like, like I say you want to write a book and you don't know how to write a book. So you're tell you're telling me the stories and I'm just writing them all down as we go. Oh, then, that makes sense. And then like, I formulate it, or formulate it, and edit it, and has structure like ten ghostwriters, and he actually killed fucking John Lennon. <laughs> Not a thing. <laughs> All right, let's. Uh, let's but let's Mark go. David Chapman did everyone a favor because fuck John Lennon. How often has Hitler said to me, "I know that my decision or action Wait, is correct." I did the wrong one. <laughs> How often has Hitler said to me? He knows that my decision or action is correct. I cannot explain at the moment why, but I feel that it is right, and the future will prove it so. Uh, all right, well, we'll bring it to a close with Heimrich Himmler. Um, Hitler is pretty much fucking homie, his best friend in the world. And uh, Heimrich Himmler has came up on the occult episode, the Nazi occult episode. You can go back to and listen to his me, Alex, and Billy, which I'm hoping to get Alex back in the future to do certain episodes where we need a black man. It's digging myself a grave. So um, just talk about Himmler, Tom. Come on. <laughs> so Heinrich Himmler, which he will come back up for sure, uh, was the architect, obviously, of the Holocaust, considered to be the biggest mass murderer uh, ever by some, although it's really Joseph Stalin, supposedly. But the Reichsführer. The Holocaust would not happen if it was not for this man. Uh, he tried to breed a massive race of Nordic appearance, an Aryan race. Go back to the occult episode because he believed in Madame Blavatsky's book uh, along with Hitler. And the root races of man and the, the yeah. Aryans being the ones who Secret claim doctrine. the right to the earth. And, well. and you have it. I wanted, I saw it at the bookstore and I was like, I need this. Child's it's like, so it. hard to it's, get through. I know it's massive too, and it's just I, bullshit. It's just magical you think I could get bullshit. It, you think I could get it on audible because I've been listening to a lot of books. You're gonna audible. fucking sleep if you're trying to listen to. Oh my god, work room. like oh my god. Uh, his plans for uh, radical uh, racial. His plans not radical, but they were radical. His plans for racial purity uh, were ended by Hitler's vanity in making a rash of military decisions rather than letting his generals make them. The ending of the war was prematurely, supposedly. So, no, so you know the reason that they're saying that, right? Is because Hitler was notorious for not listening to the people that were yeah. on the ground fighting the oh, wars. True. Hitler was just like, no, this is, because he believed in the divine providence and he believed in all of the esoteric and occult stuff and he had a bunch of yes-men reinforcing this and lest we forget, this man was whacked out of his mind on fucking drugs all the time. It so his delusions like oh, became man. so profound that he was like, hey, I only I know, you know, it's God that's given me this power. So I'm the one to make the decisions. The generals yeah. don't know what they're talking about. And oftentimes it's constantly said they're like, if Hitler would have, you know, acquiesced power to the generals and been like, you know what you're doing, yeah. do your thing. Germany would have probably won the war. Maybe 60% of a maybe 70% maybe it's, 
It's quite there were a lot of there mass, very intelligent generals that were yeah, working on the side of Germany that were fucking shit up left and right. And the Blitzkrieg was unheard of at the yeah. time. It was so new. Nobody struck quick, fucked everything up, and then just kept moving. And that's because all of the soldiers were so fucking gacked out on meth. Also, it's gonna. That's also gonna be an episode of its own. I uh, and I uh, we talk about soldier on drugs, which also is going towards the Patreon now as a Patreon lost apes episode. Uh, because also back when Stranger first started, we were all drunk as shit. That but was a I fun really, episode. I remember that one. I really want to recover it. That will be on Patreon. Uh, three bucks a month, you get tons of content. Uh, but it's one of the cheapest Patreons you'll ever get. And people. It Just, literally, and is. you get have fucking video content, all the sweet shit, all the shit that and, we get uh, here. And it is, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, and go back because, like, obviously, Heimrich Himmler was a really big component on the whole esotericism and the whole weird beliefs that they had came from a lot of the shit that he, you know, and uh, astrology, which is, mm-hmm. it could be, I think it's real, but he took it in There's a wrong certain way. aspects to astrology and not just your, you know, your sun sign or whatever, but like, like yeah. actual birth charts and stuff. There's certain aspects to it that are like, that's very yeah. odd and well, how David, accurate yeah. it can be. And listen to David Wilcox's second book. I read half of it, and then I'm on to the ending of it, listening to you. And wow, man, he Doc connects more than David Icke. Everyone go look at David Wilcox's books. Read his book before you fucking judge this man. Um, so obviously, he's trying to plan for this racial purity, and you know, it's it, it ended the war. And Himmler was captured after the war. He, he was unsuccessfully tried to negotiate with the West, so he tried to negotiate unsuccessfully and was generally shocked to be treated treated as a criminal upon capture. He's like, what did I do? And he's like, just like doesn't understand why. And he, he committed suicide by swallowing a cyanide capsule. He bit upon um, like many Nazis that were cowards. They didn't want to face judgment. And according to the, the David Wilcox books, um, he is going to a, a going through a soul process. There are people like Hitler and stuff like that. Supposedly all these people need to be in our lives for karmactic um, you have to have bad people in yin and yang, and you have to have people that make you think differently and change history for the better. It sounds crazy, but I do believe this and the, and how these people were karmatically put in our reality to make us learn lessons. And you can say it sounds crazy. That's fine. I don't I'm just not, I'm not on board with the whole, any Nazis changed reality for no. the better. They're, 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 man, I'm not saying they, they think I'm not even going to subscribe to the, the point that, the Holocaust happening changed humanity for the better. I I, I didn't. It yeah. fucking did not. But it it, the, it is it, a it is a yeah. massive psychic injury that we as a species have suffered. It is a horrible atrocity committed against a very specific group of people. It is still to this day a source of contention for some stupid fucking reason with people who are arguing that it never happened. Listen to the fucking law of one, okay? This woman fucking channeled raw. Listen to it, okay? I don't uh, give a fuck all, if she channeled my balls. It's all part of the karmactic rule. The shit was horrible, but it was a soul journey, man. Our souls have to journey through horrible There's things. enough fucking atrocity and bullshit in this world and in this life <laughs> that we don't need somebody systematically genociding people like he was building fucking cars. Everything happens for a reason, man. No, everything, everything happens for a raisin, Thomas. Everything okay. happens for a raisin. That's my quote. I All know. right, let's uh, bring it to a close on two of Heinrich Himmler's uh, quotes. We'll do each. Oh, you didn't bring up that squinty-eyed little... Oh, there we go. Oh, I didn't. Oh, yeah, there he is. Look at that squinty-eyed little fucking Nazi piece of shit. I, I was going to say, every, everyone should know what Heinrich Himmler looks like. For the audio listeners, go look him up. He is um, a nerd of all nerds. He is a nerdy piece of shit. 
and uh, was a chicken farmer and we made fun of him. I called him a pig farmer and I said he fucked all the pigs um, on the Nazi in a call episode, but he was a chicken farmer, right? He was a chicken farmer, yes. Yeah, so I, I fucked up. Uh, That's where he yeah. got his ideas of eugenics. And well. also you have the character from Indiana Jones um, resembled. Physically uh, modeled after him, but not actually. Yeah. Well, kind of because he was also spiritually modeled after him a little bit because that character was also obsessed with uh, occult yeah. Occultism and the the uh, medallion the that he wants. Yes, the Ark well, of the, the Covenant. The, the, the medallion was nothing. The Ark of the Covenant is what he wanted. The medallion would just let him there. Because remember, the medallion yeah. plugged into the staff, which showed the uh, map of the way there. And, and it's crazy that you know, obviously Spielberg, being a Jew himself, and um, kind of what gave it away. I know, well, yeah, Spielberg using these movies to show uh, Nazi occultism and stuff like that, and it's it, it's it's pretty crazy. <laughs> Is the cast of the great to have to walk over corpses? Nice, bro. The best political weapon is the weapon of terror. Cruelty commands respect. Men may hate us, but we don't ask for their love, only for their fear. And as I said, we will be getting back into uh, Nazis again and again. Uh, it is a f- fascinating topic. We will be getting more into World War, and I would like to. We've done Strange Mysteries, World War Two, but I would love to dive more into World War One actually and do a lot more. Like I've watched a lot of documentaries, but I'd like to do my own research, maybe about the weird stuff. Um, I'm sure if, if Bigfoot was uh, making his rounds during the Civil War, he probably would have came back for World War Two or One. And I'm sure he's he was he was just. Poking out oh man, Bigfoot was just hanging out, and whenever he saw an SS officer, he'd just, you know, one was when they went to the woods to take a piss or something, Bigfoot would walk over and just snap their fucking neck like a twig. <laughs> all right, so Bigfoot ain't no Nazi, god damn it. <laughs> we appreciate all the listeners. We thank you very much. Um say strange, Chelsea you did, wonderful fuckers. Chelsea did give me a very cynical look when I was talking about how my it's all part of your soul journey that all these people had to get married. Good. <laughs> Tell Chelsea I said good. She is the best thing to happen to you because she's going to keep you fucking sane. Yeah, she is the best thing that happened to me. It's true. She's kept me sane for a long time, and uh, she thinks I'm wacky. But all the time, I, I say wacky things on this podcast because I'm a wacky guy. And um, but uh, the books I'm reading, I I've it's helped me a lot. David Wilcox writing, as I was saying earlier, it's it's very um, positive. Saying that these things are horrible, but they need to happen for us to learn lessons on this karmactic universe, which I believe I is a possibility. I disagree. How do you fucking think? Why you uh, you don't? I don't think, think these things, things need to happen for us to learn from them. You know, I think I think they happen, here. and if we don't learn from them, we're doomed. But that's why we're here. We're here on this this third plane because it's supposed to be the 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 hardest reality to live in. Souls come here. Uh, some souls don't even come here because they're afraid of it. I'm gonna I'm gonna because, agree to disagree on that. No, but How, okay. Can you read? Okay, everyone like fucking even Juan dis fucking David Wilcox. Everyone dis David Wilcox. I I've read. Two of his books, people like, can you pick up his book and read it and then fucking tell me something different or listen to law of Send one. it to me and I'll read it. Okay. I will. Uh, law of one is also really great. Uh, but I, I have different points than everyone on this podcast. Uh, and that's why we are the four, well, especially me, you and Billy, the three musketeers. That's which, why we uh, do what we do, baby. Yeah. It's, it's, it is what we do, what we do, uh, because you know, everyone's a little different. And, um, next time we talk about aliens and Billy's here, you better be more on my side. 
All right. So every, everybody, um, you know what, we know where to find us, www.strangerpodcast.com, you know, go to the Instagram, um, and you know, like fucking follow the Instagram. We post a lot of fun shit on there and a lot of fun reels and stuff like that. You can find all the stuff. You can get merch. Um, also, you know where to find house of trash because, um, Anton's doing a bunch of crazy different stuff, but, um, I'll oh, be yeah. on there again. We have talks for many movies to talk uh, about. One of the newer episodes is going to be coming out soon. I got my boy uh, Maz from Life from Jump Perilous. Going to be doing some Godzilla versus Gigan shit. See, I don't know shit about Godzilla. I never watched those films. Yeah, I'm going to be like talking about our favorite space chicken. Nice. So you got to go check out all that bullshit. And um, Later Daggett underscore TTV. Come check it out. I've been playing a fuck ton of Dead by Daylight and some Katamari. Yeah, and I, I there will be some fun strange streams coming to the Patreon. That's the best way to support us, right? Is buy merch. It's 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 fairly cheap, and uh, you can rep us on your T-shirt. But also, obviously, go to the Patreon. There's a lot of stuff coming for the mm-hmm. Patreon. It's 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 gonna be a lot of fun, everybody. So uh, tune in, and uh, we thank you for everyone uh, sticking around for this crazy episode. And this will not be the last you hear about the Nazis. Keep watching the skies, fuckers. Let me tell you why. Stay strange, fuckers. You're here because you're here. What do you know you can't explain?